1: This is ESPN Radio. You have me hot up here at the six
2: AM hour. Got me yelling, got me sweating. The armpits, I got the the sweat uh-huh. stain already.
0: I mean, that's uh, that's the kind of emotional I know. roller coaster I I'm on. Jay Williams trying to calm down, although that's not happening. I'm Freddie no. Coleman together. Negative. President by ladder. Progressive Insurance. Negative Gross Right Landing yes. Patterns Full. We'll <laughs> here this morning on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, Sirius Exton Channel 80, ESPN U and ESPN two. We're gonna get to the Cardinals definitely tanking to get Caleb Williams in the number one pick in the draft next year in 2024 when he leaves USC. We'll do that in about five minutes. But the reason that real Jay Williams is so hot at Freddie Coleman is because Freddie Coleman, I knew exactly what I was doing here. You're the worst. I'm completely the worst. I keep telling you guys, I'm going to hell on scholarship. Full ride, tuition, everything paid for. (laughs) You can't even say it with a straight face. No, I can't. (laughs) That's the problem. Matthew Stafford, his wife has a podcast called The Morning After Podcast. Kelly Stafford is her name. And on it, she mentioned the terms of that is her it, husband is that,
2: is that the name of the podcast the
0: morning after podcast. Oh,
2: I thought you said I thought it was an addition. Kelly Stafford is her name. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> now you're trying to flip it. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. a, strong a title no, of podcast. No, 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 no. no. Okay, her okay. podcast right. called the morning after, after. podcast. Yes. Okay, got it. Let's not got have it. anything I misconstrued.
2: Know. You, it just kind of was like a run on sentence. It just came out. Go ahead. It Continue, really was. please.
0: So on the podcast, she mentioned that her husband, Matthew, is having problems communicating with the players on his team, trying to get them together. But anytime at the practice, they head right to their phones. So he's frustrated. And she put it out there for the world to hear on her the morning after podcast. Jay will basically say, hey, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, this really stinks in terms of getting together. You got to go old school. With these guys get their attention. Oh, you can
2: go new school to get their attention. You just got to go new school
0: not from your wife. Right, exactly. All those are true. I I play devil's advocate and say, if he couldn't get through them that way, maybe there's a way to get through them another way. And Jay lost his religion <laughs> at me. People, people.
2: This man, this man, Freddie Hot Sauce Coleman, looked at me in the damn eyes. Now I did. And, and, I, I gave said, you a disclaimer. Said, said,
0: "Playing devil's advocate." Let me play devil's advocate. Well, I would never say it like no, that. No, definitely your voice is definitely not that. High I would tone. never ever but say yeah, it let like me that. play devil's advocate. Ab- Freddie, <laughs> I couldn't resist you. You put it up on a tee for me. I knew it was going to lead there, but I didn't think it was going to lead that way oh, with you. Oh,
2: oh. I've been in a lot of locker rooms. You know yeah. how we look upon pillow talk.
0: Oh, I like, know how pillow and t- talk. We know that everybody
2: has pillow talk, right? Of course, it, it, no it, it's inevitable. You're yeah. you're with your partner. You know what I mean? Every day you come home, mm-hmm. your voice, your frustrations. Right. Your Freddy Hot Sauce, man, he did this to me. But, uh, Nunito, he cursed me out after this. You know, this caller, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Pat Costello, Officer Costello, Toyota Costello, Uber Costello. <laughs> Uber all Costello. these different things, right? Man, he's giving you Ferrari, so many nicknames. Costello. We have all these things that we say. But if your wife decides to go on the podcast mm-hmm. and air out your dirty laundry. Right. Oh, boy, that's going to be problem. Because even if it's not something that is malicious, the fact mm-hmm. that she would have the audacity to go out there, now all of a sudden as your teammate, Freddie, right. I'm looking at you by saying, oh, okay, oh, you don't step like that. You don't got that kind of swag that you can come to us directly and literally uh-huh. find a way to communicate with us in the amount of hours we spend together right. in training camp, in OTAs, and all this time that we spend together. You can't find a way to articulate to us what time it is well, i have to hear about this yeah. from your wife's podcast uh-huh. and now uh-huh. i got media members asking me questions about you mm-hmm. through your wife
0: it comes it just, it
2: yeah. just I'm, I'm not saying it's a deal breaker freddie right but i'm saying it, it just leaves a a weird taste in my mouth because sure. now you as a 35 year old grown-ass man uh-huh. you're a grown man you're 35 mm-hmm. right like I, if I'm 21, I'm like, yo, hold on a second. Like, you couldn't send me a DM. But, you couldn't.
0: Well, here, well, here's the deal with that. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but if you're going to meet Matthew Stafford halfway, he can't just meet it your way by DMing me or texting me or anything like that. If he's approached you in the locker room and you've gone right through your phones and you keep doing that, then why does he need to keep doing that? Why does he need to play on your terms when you're supposed to be a team together? Why can't you meet him halfway? So, you know what? Let me put my phone down and find out what Matthew Stafford has to say. Because it, I don't know if they're doing that. I'm just saying, if they're not doing that, whatever Kelly Stafford had to say in her podcast, if Matthew Stafford gave her the thumbs up and said, honey, go ahead and do that, or he didn't know she did it, either way, it's out there now Got it. as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. So now we need more context. Yeah, I got, I got on you in terms of being devil's advocate. I knew I was going to have you do that. I didn't expect that. That was comedy for me. But the, the crux of the matter is there's a communication breakdown, and how do you fix it? It can't just be about Matthew Stafford fixing it. It's got to be a combination as a team. We're not talking about tennis players here where you're playing an individual sport or you're playing a double sport. If there's a problem communicating and either he's tried to communicate with with you and you go to your phones or you don't want to listen to what he has to say, there's a problem there. And it got exacerbated by Kelly Stafford putting that pillow talk out there that she and Matthew Stafford had about the problems he's having with guys not responding or even being reciprocal to him trying to get them together to communicate.
2: It's the problem with going through a rebuild.
0: There's no doubt about
2: that. that like, those are one of the growing pains of going through having a lot of younger players around guys who've been in the league for a long time. And, mm, that's, and look, that's true. It, it, it's, um, it, this is what Sean McVay talked about. Like, this is. This is the after effects of when you go blank them picks like Les Snead did. It got you a championship, but now for your older players, right, that want to have some kind of level of success, mm-hmm. right, the way you end your career, you want to go out. I don't care what anybody says. Right. You want to go out to your best possible play, right? Uh, let's try to w- find a way to make it to the playoffs Let's try to find a way not to be at the bottom of the conference. Right. Like, Let's fight for it, where you have a lot of young players, new money, these old guys, okay, they're out here, they're saying this way, yeah, we got it, they won a championship. Mm-hmm. But still, like, they're on their way out. So that's going to be up to Sean McVay. That's going to be up to the older players collectively to work together mm-hmm. to capture the attention of the younger players, to get them on, on pace right. with what it takes to win a championship.
0: Yeah. A buddy of mine, Kevin Burrell, he played in the major leagues, a baseball player. He's a major league baseball scout. We were having this conversation not too long ago. And he said, Freddie, more than ever before, you've got to make a decision when it comes to relationships. Are they transactional or transformational? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, if you're going to build trust with somebody, it requires doing the right thing for the right reason for a very long time, but it comes down to earning that trust when it comes to communication. Do you want that relationship to be transactional or transformational? In Matthew Stafford's case, he wants transformation. Maybe the younger guys look at this as transactional saying, to your point, you're not going to be here much longer. This is going to be our football team. So whatever you have to say, why are we going to pay attention to it? Why do we need to lean into you? And Matthew Stafford's like, well, I got one of these on my finger that you guys don't have. If anything, it would be in your best interest to hear what I have to say so we can come together as a football team, whatever kind of rebuild is going on. He wants that relationship as a football player, as a guy who is a leader on that team, to be transformational. They're looking at him as a transaction, saying, at a certain point, your transaction will be out of here. We're going to have somebody that we like, that we have more in common with. And so when Kelly Stafford put it out there, on social media, in her The Morning After podcast, now everybody has to answer these questions, and now you still got to find a way because you got to go out there as a football team, Jay, and communicate with mm-hmm. your football team. I agree. No matter what that is, no matter if you're doing the old school, new school, middle school, whatever that is. Her putting that out there, to your point, now they got to answer questions about this from media members. The bottom line is, what are you guys going to do about it to make sure this does not continue to be a problem in a rebuild see, with but- the Rams?
2: Okay, so, I mean, I look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers who goes over to the
0: Jets. Okay.
2: Has he had communication issues with his younger
0: players? Not at all. Why not? Because they've been receptive to Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Why do you think that listen? is? So, so Matthew know. Stafford has no won idea. a
2: Super Bowl I mean, way like closer than Aaron Rodgers has won one, Right. Completely so, fair. It's like, and, Completely I, and I So there's certain, you know, when somebody hits me with, "Well, we have to meet in the middle," that's not what a leader does. A leader reaches down to where you are okay. and forces you to raise yourself to the middle, like that. As a, as an older player, I, I've been around a lot of pretty incredible vets. I'll I'll give you one. Okay, Jalen Brunson, his father Rick Brunson, right. Rick Brunson would do things every single day, They're like, all right, Jay, we're gonna run suicides if you're not early for practice. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, Rick, whatever. Rick would then talk to the coaches and be like, no, you're gonna mandate that Jay run suicides if he doesn't meet me early for shoot around. Okay. Right? So like there are little things that you can do okay. to get to communicate or to connect. Like sending somebody a DM. Right, like DM is a new text. Like we joke often, a lot of times we have um multiple people host this show throughout the summer. Alan Yates is one of the guys who's always here as a stable. We talk a lot about, like, I don't pick up calls that much anymore. I pick up FaceTimes. Like, me and all my boys, we FaceTime. We don't call. Now, I'll call, I I get how to play all variety of games, Mm -hmm. but I'll also answer to DMs as if that's a text.
0: Right. Right. So instead
2: of sending somebody a text, yo, let me de- try new things. Okay. Try to learn new things right. to build gaps, to meet them to where they are, right. to raise that level. Because okay. by the way, they're not competing for a, a, a Super Bowl right now. All
0: right. But what if he's done that and they have, not resp- res- they have not responded to it? They have not been receptive to it? Because you were receptive to it from Rick Brunson when he went a different way. A great leader also has people that are going to be great followers. If they're not willing to follow Matthew Stafford – then that may never happen with younger players. It doesn't, so, doesn't,
2: doesn't matter. It comes upon you as a leader.
0: Well, if he's continued let to me, do that. Let me ask you a question.
2: If you're the CEO of a company mm-hmm. and you can't get the people to follow you, what happens to you?
0: You're going to lose your job. There you go. But, right? just, so but I'm not going to place my job in their hands or they're not being receptive. You know what happens? Understand. If I'm a leader and you continually disrespecting me and I follow my orders, I find new people. Exactly. Get
2: rid of them. So, All right. So at a certain point, Matthew Stafford, if he's trying a lot of new ways and it's not working, depending upon the talent, because sometimes talent supersedes everything. Absolutely, right, to a
0: degree. There's no doubt. But
2: if Matthew Stafford, at this time of his career, if he can't find ways to connect with the next generation, then by the way, like why are you here? Well, he's the quarterback of the team. He's a starting quarterback. But I have to ask that question though. Like if we're if we're building, mm. if, if, you're we're having, building. if you're having if you're having back issues, building. if you're having health issues. Right, And I'm looking at the next iteration of our team. right? If if, if I'm committing to you, like maybe that's a sign. Maybe they're not committed to Matthew Stafford long-term. They're not. Well, he's 35 that, years old, 14 years in the league. Thing. right? Yeah, so that, it's that, like that if you're reflected. going to be here to usher the next generation, mm-hmm. I think you have to learn how to communicate and connect with the
0: next generation. I get it. But what if he's done that and they're not receptive? What if he's tried to meet them more than halfway and they're still not doing They're not meeting him halfway. Then to me, that's more on them than Matthew Stafford. And if he hasn't done it, if he hasn't tried those kind of things, I, then that's a different situation. I'm completely with you on that. But if he, I'm saying if, if he's done that, if he's DM, texted, FaceTime, and they keep ignoring him, then to me that's more in the players than Matthew Stafford.
2: Or maybe that's Matthew Stafford's not it.
0: Or maybe Matthew Stafford's not. Well, it. All, all I'm trying to say you know, the is after, after
2: podcast after, is it after a while, regardless if your ways aren't connecting, and there is a pool of talent. That is the next iteration of what the Rams are going to look like in the future, and they can't connect with your starting quarterback? Sorry. That's a reflection on your quarterback.
0: I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I think that's a reflection of people there who are not being receptive to somebody who has something that they don't have, and that's a Super Bowl championship. And he went through hell and high water to do that, Los Angeles Rams. Sorry. Either way, that morning after podcast, Kelly Stafford is the host, the wife of Matthew Stafford, the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. Speaking of quarterbacks. And I here, like
2: Matt, Freddie. So do I. I like Matt a
0: lot. I, I like Matt a lot. I, I guess I, we need more context that we may never get when it comes to that locker room dynamic and that communication, non-communication dynamic going on with the Rams. Maybe we'll get that in the next morning after podcast with Kelly Stafford, the wife the of Matthew Stafford. After. Oh, there's Jeez. going to be a next oh morning goodness. after. There's always oh. a morning after. He's Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning. On the morning after, known as ESPN Radio, oh the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and ESPN 2. We're going to ask one of our insiders if the wife of Matthew Stafford speaking out about the lack of communication between her husband and the team is hot news or not news. This is ESPN Radio.
3: Passion, drive, and patience. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This
1: is ESPN Radio. In a 24-hour news cycle, everything feels like news. Let's find out what's hot news or not news. And hot news or not news,
0: part of ESPN Radio with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. (laughs) There you go. Perfection starts with Patron. It's always good to have Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. Great follow on social media on the X at Dan Graziano, ESPN. Dan, we're going to start with the wife of an NFL player. Grazi, Matt Stafford's wife, Kelly, said her husband, on her the morning after podcast said cat said that Matthew Stafford is having issues getting on the same page as his younger teammates. Is this hot news or not news?
4: It is not news. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you said that. You saw the like Coco Golf last oh, night. Oh, I love Slow. it. Slow. Slow. <laughs> that's it. You know what I mean? Better than that, Stafford's wife. That's it. That's that's the big I mean, come on, man. The season's like a week and a half. We got we got better stuff than that. You well, hope. that's the
2: problem. We're, we're talking about the Rams. I mean, it's...
4: Yeah. Look, I was out at their camp. <laughs> yeah. Like, they got Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford and... Exactly. You know, Nobody. ...name a fourth Ram. Like, it's tough. So, they're going to be maybe the youngest team in the league, even with those three guys that are obviously older. Um, it, it, they're not going to use the word rebuild, the Rams, but that's what they're doing, and... and uh I don't know man, like like I wouldn't be surprised if somebody from that threesome was on the trade block wow. in October. Can you imagine Aaron Donald as like a trade deadline pickup for a contending oh, team? Boy. Okay, that would be wild I was man. ask
2: you guys like who do you think would be the first to be on the trade block? I' say because with three veterans like that, as much as you have pride and loyalty to the organization that went all in yeah. to win the Super Bowl. I I don't care what anybody says, Dan. I don't want to end my career getting blasted every single game.
4: Right. So, like, what is it? So so what what do you want, right? Like, everyone's different. Um, You know, Stafford there were there were teams interested like the rams were trading guys in the offseason they're trying to take all their dead money this year Mm -hmm. there were teams that called about staff the the jets called the rams about stafford before they had the aaron Rodgers plan and and it was a no-go either because the rams didn't want to or because stafford didn't want to and that's key right if he likes living in la he already won his super bowl maybe he wants to wrap up there maybe he doesn't want to move back across the country so different things motivate different people Aaron Donald might be content playing his whole career with the Rams, and, and he's what else does he need to accomplish? Like his resume is set; it's as good as anyone's ever. So uh, he may not want to, but he also may decide if it's going badly, he may say, you know, guys, I, I'm I'm going to be done after this year. Uh, hypothetically, I'm not reporting that, but let's right. say he did, you know, if he felt that way, yeah, send me somewhere I can win another one, and then you'll know why teams clear cap space mm-hmm. in August. No yeah.
0: doubt about that. But stand, standing in that division, the Arizona Cardinals, they've kept Kyle Lamer in the PUP, the PUP list. Yeah. But they caught, cut Colt McCoy, who has started more than a couple of games for them. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> this, is, this has tanking all over. Is it hot news get... or not news? What
4: are you getting at there, Freddie? I'm no, not like getting the, at anything.
0: This is tanking.
4: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, I would, say, I would say not news because I think people know inside the game have known what's been going on here. Kyler, by the way, Kyler's not healthy, so like he may not have been ready. Like even regardless of what they're, whether they're focused on the present or the future, which by the way, it's the future. Um, I don't know that Kyler would have been playing in the first four weeks anyway, and I'm not sure he's going to be ready for the fifth week. So he injured his uh, his knee; it was torn ACL in December. So uh, that's a pretty quick turnaround, and his legs are a big part of his game. They'll take it easy with him in terms of Colt McCoy, who had two and a quarter million dollars guaranteed, which mm-hmm. they have to pay anyway. Uh, They traded for Josh Dobbs last week, which was a strong indication that they weren't thrilled with what they had in the quarterback room. So I guess the writing was kind of on the wall. Maybe Colt McCoy, in their eyes, just doesn't have it anymore, and they'd rather go with Dobbs and or uh, Clayton Toon, the rookie they drafted out of Houston. But regardless, gentlemen, uh, they would not admit this, but the Arizona Cardinals are thinking about 2024 and beyond. They have two first-round picks. They have six picks in the first three rounds. Mm -hmm. Of course. I think if you put truth serum in them and ask them, who do you think your quarterback's going to be in 2024, they would say Caleb Williams.
2: Exactly, Dan. Is Caleb Williams. Look, I got a great realtor right there. (laughs) Oh, you do? Oh, Phoenix. Phoenix is one of those places now. Well, Michael Michael places. Michael Wolff moved out there. Ask Charles Barkley. Uh All I'm saying, Dan, is like, you know, and I can't be mad at the plan, Dan. Like, if if, if you're unsure, like, I I think it's like, you know, I saw a lot of people blasting – the Cardinals the other day, and I'm sitting there saying, okay, if you're unsure about Kyler Murray, which you are, obviously, you Absolutely. got rid of Cliff Kingsbury, you have a new
4: head coach,
2: you have a you have a new team that's in place, yep. like, why not go for the quarterback that you want, yeah. that fits the system that you want to play in the future?
4: New head coach, new GM, with a clear mandate to build exactly. it from the ground up. The, mm-hmm. the big question that lingers, though, is what's that mean for Kyler Murray, who just signed a contract yeah. extension last offseason? Yeah. yeah. Um, And, you know, his contract is not going to be cheap to get out from under if they want to do it next offseason. But if they're going... With the draft pick route, if they're building with young guys, that's the time you can afford to take a big hit uh, on a contract if you're offloading it. So uh, don't be surprised if Kyler's elsewhere in 2024.
0: Dan Graziano, ESPN, NFL Inside, Hit him on the exit. Dan Graziano, ESPN, giving you a little hot news or not news. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more here on ESPN Radio with the ESPN app and SiriusXM Channel 8 and ESPN2. Jonathan Taylor, the Indianapolis Colts, at least for now. Still has not been traded. The deadline for that trade is T-O-D-A-Y today. Is this hot news or not news, Dan?
4: Scorching hot news, Freddie Coleman. <laughs> this is the big big news everyone is watching today. Rosters have to be cut from 90 to 53 by 4 p.m. Eastern today. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of dudes losing their jobs. But what everyone has their eye on is, will Jonathan Taylor be on the move? Will the Miami Dolphins or some other team be able to swing a deal? give the Colts what they're looking for, and also be willing to give Jonathan Taylor what he's looking for contractually. These are two big hurdles, and whoever acquires them is going to have to clear them both. Uh, I always figured this would go down to the wire. I don't I don't get the sense, as of last night, I didn't get the sense anything was was on the verge of happening. But uh, deadlines can make things happen. And uh, certainly, if I think if common sense prevails, the Colts ultimately sort of take what they can get. And move on because it, it seems like the relationship with Taylor is broken. But we'll see. Common sense does not always prevail in these situations.
2: Then, when you said it would take uh, – obviously both things need to happen on what yeah. Jonathan Taylor wants financially and then also what the Colts would like to receive in compensation in a fair trade – what do you think that really is? Because it feels like the Colts have a lot of leverage here in the way they're looking at the value of Jonathan Taylor.
4: They do, but you know, Mike Tannenbaum in our morning meeting for Get Up just pointed this out. If, if they don't trade him by four, they'll put him on the PUP list, which means he'll miss the first four games at a minimum, and that reduces his value to an acquiring team. Right, like you, because you can trade a guy while he's on pup, but mm-hmm. the 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 pup list carries over. He still would not be eligible to play the first four games for the new team. So um, there is a little bit of leverage on the side of Miami or whoever else they're negotiating with because of that. So yeah, I, I don't. I mean, look, are the Colts going to if they were asking for a first round pick, are they going to come down off of that? I feel like they probably have to if they want to get it done. And in terms of Taylor and what he wants. You know, what's the contract look like? Can it be a shorter term deal? Can it be something as simple as a written promise not to franchise him? Like, like if he's going to a good enough team, maybe, you know, maybe he he is willing to accept a little less than just a top of the market running back deal. So a lot of moving pieces. That's why it's possible it doesn't happen at all today, but um, we'll see.
0: Catch him on Get Up, which happens in about 35 minutes. Our man Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. Giving you the hot news or not news, hit him on the X at Dan Graziano ESPN. Always a pleasure, Dr. Dan. Keep up the great work, my man.
4: My pleasure, gentlemen. Take care.
0: He is Jay Williams. Hit him on the X at Real Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on the X at Coleman ESPN together this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X on Channel 80 and also ESPN, Two. And do we owe Jay Will an apology? Not because of the Rams. What? But for something else. That's next.
6: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
5: This
1: is ESPN Radio.
2: When we fell in love, you remember the time when When we first first met, met girl, girl. I, oh, oh, I. I You you run at me on the field, you might catch a two-piece. You ain't going to get no
0: thumbs up. Bop, pop. Oh, yeah. Night-night to the baby. The, what? The, I don't the, know the what's happening. The biscuit on yeah. that one, yeah. <laughs> what Maybe is happening? that one. Yeah, I don't know. By the way, Michael Jackson would have turned 65 today. So we celebrate a little Michael Jackson with Jay Williams, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80, ESPN2 and ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance. Going back to that Ronald Cunha Jr. situation, and you talked about that, I can't even imagine how scary that was because it, they didn't seem to have any ill intent but you don't know that Hit. if you're in the outfield, a guy's just rushing at you. He wants to take a selfie, but you don't know what's on that dude's mind. First off, running did, towards did you, you see the second guy? I saw the second guy. The, yeah. the second
2: guy just was wild. So like the first guy's like out. The, the first dude's holding on to him like a bear hug, which yeah. is weird. Mm-hmm. But you kind of like feel in that moment he's like, All right, this is awkward. I, I don't know what's occurring. But even like I, I don't know, it's just when you come into it's like a lot of times we have these conversations, Freddie, around NBA players and, you know, players engaging and talking trash. Talking trash is one thing. Right. Right? Like, all right, get him kicked out of here. I'm like, uh, come on. Like, I people say gnarly things. I hear some things could be outrageous. But, like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: nothing's really going to get to that point for me. Like, I've heard everything where I'm going to be like, you, get out of here. I, I'm right. not that sensitive. Yeah. I'm just going to try to give you 70 and then stare at you the whole time as I walk up the court.
0: And take that In home with you, yeah.
2: But coming onto the court or coming onto the field to play, it's live now.
0: Absolutely. I don't
2: know what your attention is. I don't care if you're running to me with smiles. You could be running to me with smiles strapped with something else, mm-hmm. right? It could be a psychotic smile. I don't know. Like, it's, you're leaving it up to me to now to interpret what your intentions are And that's when it gets really scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, I give Acuna Junior a lot of credit that he was smiling and flashing the thumbs up afterwards. Uh, That'd have been hard for me to flash that thing. What were you two doing out here?
2: I would not have been able to maintain my composure. I'm telling you, I would have fought. Like if you're coming into my my sanctity, Mm -hmm. you're coming into my sanctuary. Right. I don't know what your intention is. Exactly. I'm not going to just be. I I, I guess I give him credit, but what if something else had occurred? Right, It makes you think that way. You give him credit because nothing occurred. Yeah. But if something had occurred. That's
0: very, very, very fair. Like, would you have an issue
2: if he had reacted differently?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have had an issue however Maybe. he reacted. If he decided, like I said, give him the two-piece and the biscuit combo, you shouldn't have been out there. I want to take a selfie. Well, take selfies on your own time outside of a baseball field. If you see him outside the baseball field, hey, Ronald Cunha Jr., can I have a selfie? That's a different story. You ran onto the field just because you felt emboldened to do that, like it was your right to do something. But also,
2: that's that's a sign of something wrong, right? Think about this. So, like, it's the freedom to think that you could just Mm -hmm.
0: run onto the field for whatever privileged reason you have
2: already makes me question your mentality, right? And and how you think to begin with. So for me, that's what I'm saying. It leads me to have alternative conclusions to what stable, like what stability of mind you have.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because like right. you know what the repercussions
2: yeah. are, right? Like it's,
0: anyway. So more than ever before, a lot of people don't worry about the repercussions. They don't think anything bad should happen to them or that anything bad is going to happen to them or that they should be disciplined for going beyond the rules of violating somebody's space. They think something shouldn't happen to them because it's my right. It's, I'm emboldened to do these kind of things. We see that a lot in society now. Yeah. Not just in sports. I mean,
2: you, you still go to big stadiums and you go through security. You know, you go through metal detectors and all those things. But it's still uh, – there's still an openness sometimes about sports yep. where you feel vulnerable as a player, right? Like people sit in courtside. like we you know how to issue with uh, – somebody running on the court during an NBA game. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're just out there, yeah. you know, hoping that nobody is of that state of mind where something could happen.
0: Yeah, because there's not enough security around when you got thousands of people. I mean, we see it all the time in,
2: in college sports, like college basketball. Oh, absolutely. Rushing the court. Yeah. right. Like, you know, you rush the court. Kids have been drinking all day long, rushing the field after college football games. No doubt. Like somebody hits you the wrong way. You react the wrong way. That could turn into a brawl. Like those are lawsuits.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised more that has not happened. Especially college I, I do football. feel like
2: inevitably, though, we are going to have to change mm-hmm. the openness of games. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it is going from a security perspective, it is going to come to that. And I know that's what makes fans and us feel like we love it, but from a security POV, like you are going to have to change that in the future of these sports.
0: Yeah, great perspective by Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel 80, ESPN Two, and ESPNU. Do we owe Jay Williams an apology when it comes to Giannis Antetokounmpo, at least for now I remember, of the Milwaukee Bucks. In an interview the New York Times published last Thursday, Giannis said, and I quote, when it comes to his future in Milwaukee, numbers-wise, it doesn't make sense, adding that the organization still has something to prove before he potentially signs an extension next summer. He also went on to say, and I quote, next summer would make more sense for both parties, even then I don't know. Mm. It would not be the best version of myself. I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing in, quote. It wasn't that long ago that the esteemed Jay Williams said, hey, Giannis staying in Milwaukee for the rest of his career. I don't know if I'm on board with that. Things can change. So that's where we are with the apology that maybe we should give to Jay Will because he had the foresight enough to believe that. And Giannis last 30 saying, hey, the possibility is there. I may not be, be a Milwaukee Buck the rest of my career. I don't
2: need an apology. But I, I, I do find it when Giannis signed his contract a couple of years ago and I went on SportsCenter and literally, Freddie, I got lambasted for this. I got destroyed on social media for this
0: you destroyed oh, on social media destroyed no. L- listen
2: to this mm-hmm. you guys out there listen to me so literally I said the moment it happened I said guys just because players sign four-year Max deals doesn't mean they're going to stay at that same location for the length of their deal he could be asking for out depending upon if the front office is keeping him in contention okay. to win Right. right, like, and he's like, "Oh, what are you talking about? He just signed his deal. You don't know that you're an idiot." I'm like, "Okay, name calling." Because what you do is you sign the extension to get the money, and if the team doesn't live up to keeping you in contention, and think about like the ride, right? Like, obviously getting hurt, losing in the playoffs, but everything that happened with Coach Budenholzer, right, and how he didn't really back him. Giannis actually questioned a lot of coaching decisions, right? With he did. That with with Lyon, Like, why wasn't Giannis guarding Jimmy Butler? Remember that whole thing? Absolutely. Where Giannis is like, well, that's the coach's decision. Yeah, he threw him under guarding. the bus. He threw him right there. Or like, I wanted to, but coach decided. that. Like, that's a sign that he doesn't agree with the way Coach Budenhoser was coaching him. Okay. So, now that they signed back Brooke Lopez, they signed back Chris Middleton, like, you haven't added that much depth. The, the, depth, the pressure is on the front office to make it happen. When you feel like you're losing in the arms race, Happening in the Eastern Conference. Just look at the uh, look at the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Look at where they are. Adding Kristaps for Zingas, right. right. Even though they lose Marcus Smart, like that's one hell of a form, like that's a, really that's is. a team.
0: That's a squad. That's a squad. I mean, the New York Knicks. We saw they're able to do get in the second round of playoffs. You know, Miami's going to be in that mix if everybody stays relatively healthy. There's always that surprise team that comes out of nowhere that is gunning for your spot. It's very interesting because to me, the Bucks have done enough right now. That try to con- try to convince him to stay. You mentioned bringing back Chris Middleton and Brook Lopez, Drew Holiday still there. You got you got a deep team in Milwaukee. Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton coming off the bench, Jay Crowder, Malik Beasley. So it's not as if they're devoid of depth. They're right there. They're right there. But to your point, he looks around, he sees the landscape, and he wonders if they're going to be able to compete with that landscape. That is always ever shifting in the NBA. And more than ever before, the Eastern Conference, he keeps getting better and better and better, where that gap between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference is getting smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of competing for championships, being those 50-win teams in the NBA. And Giannis is like, look, I got to make sure I protect me if I can't trust that this organization, no matter who they brought back, is maybe not doing that to protect me to make sure we can be a championship team. Well,
2: first off, economically, you don't, like like you, you like this you don't sign an extension because it leads to you getting more money in your next contract so that like that makes sense economically right uh, on top of that first point it puts pressure on the front office to say now produce cuz now the thought is hanging out there that you could go somewhere else so what you do is you use this year as a prove it scenario okay like are you surrounding me with best in class to help me get to a championship game. Mm -hmm. I get last year, I got injured. I understand. I I can't control that. That's on me. But if I give you my best effort this year and we fall short and the pieces don't align up, then I have leverage in the situation. I could take a look at the landscape and say, you know, is that Golden State? We've heard him talk uh, openly about Steph Curry and what's happening there. Like, he's talked openly about, hey, I'll play in Golden State. Like, you've never heard Giannis say stuff like this before. That is true. You use the pending New York Knicks situation. Like, they have a lot of draft capital, right? So if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, if you feel like you're going to lose him, uh-huh. do you trade him before you lose him for nothing, Oof. right? And a team like New York has all the cap space. A team like uh, you know, the Knicks, Giannis, immigrant, the story of New York, it's right there. You feel like that could be a good scenario. So there are scenarios out there where you look at it, Chicago Bulls another one. Like, you know, could they start all over with a guy like Giannis? So there are teams out there that will give you enough assets in return if you do feel like you're going to lose him if you're Milwaukee.
0: And if you're Milwaukee, if you're going to lose him you may not be able to keep him, then you really got to think about what you're going to do when it comes to the future of that franchise and that organization. Because you can
2: trade him get him for the value he has. Oh. You'll get a you'll get a boatload in return so it's like you know that's a calculated risk
0: yeah it is more than ever before if players see the landscape and they don't think you can compete they do not mind asking or telling you you're gonna have to move me lose me one way or the but other what if you're
2: walking go you mad like he got you a chip like if he does decide to leave he brought you a championship home
0: first time in 50 years can't be mad at that he said he's gonna do it and he did it he do it when it comes to Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman. appreciate you joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. SiriusXM XM Channel 80 and ESPN 2. And a top-flight college football coach has suggested a change to college sports that will put more money in the pockets of athletes.
6: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This is ESPN Radio. Get money. Get money.
0: Get money. Get Uh, money. Get money. That's what Jim Harbaugh, Michigan head coach, is talking about when it comes to players and get money and get money.
2: That's how this kid be in college these days, man. They be pulling out. Uh, $100 bills. I'm like, oh, you, oh, got, they, some, they you got some Benjamins like that? They you just got, pull and, it out and you start.
0: They're stacked. And mm, I.L. Mm, is stacking mm. pockets all over the place. Now it's legal. Yes, it is. And there's nothing they can do about it. Jay Williams, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us this morning. Well, there
2: is something they can do about
0: it. They're trying, and they're not succeeding. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80, as well as ESPNU and ESPN2. When it comes to revenue sharing, check out what Jim Harbaugh, Michigan head coach, had to say about not only backing it, but backing it this way.
7: I continue to advocate for that today. A system of revenue sharing with the students, at student-athletes. I'm aware and understand that when someone speaks out in defense of those without a voice, attempts are made to diminish the individual's character and credibility. As a former player and current coach, mentoring many of these student-athletes, What I want to do is be a voice for the student-athletes. I want them to be treated with the respect and the dignity that they deserve. What I don't understand is how the NCAA, television networks, conferences, universities, and coaches can continue to pull in millions, and in some cases billions, of dollars in revenue off the efforts of college student-athletes across the country without providing enough opportunity to share in the ever-increasing revenues.
0: And that's not a golf club by you, by the way. Good for you, Coach.
2: Good for you. Now, um, it's not as easy as just making the statement. I do commend him for the statement. We need more people in positions of power to talk about rev share as it relates to the ultimate model. It does lead to the conversation, though, Freddie, that your highest grossing sports, revenue-wise, mm-hmm. are college football yep. and college basketball. Absolutely. So when you say revs here, is that across all sports? You still have Title IX as well. Like, how do you factor all that in? Is that across every athlete, male and female, for each school? Because there's different scales to it Mm -hmm. as it relates to conference realignment. Absolutely. Right? So the rev share in the SEC will be drastically different than the rev share in the ACC. Or is there one model overall? But the problem is you have have two moving parallels here, two moving uh, objects going in different directions. Okay? You have one object, which is the NCAA. You have the other object, which is conference realignment and conferences mm-hmm. that are acting as their own individual entities. Yes. yeah. Right. So yes. like, it's not really an NCAA thing as much as it's a conference thing because I think people are losing faith in the NCAA who has had a multitude of opportunities before to allow rev share to be in place. Mm-hmm. Also, if you do rev share, you know what else that means? The players deserve a voice, which means they have to unionize, which means they have to have rights in place, which means you have to build out a matrix to build out scale, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. a very difficult conversation.
0: Especially when you involve two things like you mentioned, money and power, because they're equal, especially in big time college athletics. And there are plenty of quote unquote adults in the room that don't want the kids to have a place at that table. This is Jim Harbaugh's way of kind of not just starting the conversation because he brought this up in 2020 and 2022 at the Big Ten Media Days about revenue sharing. He even mentioned part of the six-minute statement. We should all be about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm calling for a system that is fair, equitable, and benefits all involved. Don't exclude the student-athletes from the profits. My opinion, you can't say you're about diversity, equity, and inclusion if you're not willing to include the student-athletes in revenue sharing. It goes back to what you said about having a voice. There's still way too many adults that don't want that. But they also don't want the NCAA to tell them what to do. If they had their way, when it comes to athletic directors, athletic directors, excuse me, big-time college coaches, they would have their fiefdom where they could create those kind of rules, where they could have their those policies in place. But I guarantee you it would be about excluding players from revenue sharing. That's why what Jim Harbaugh said is a major statement because I guarantee the other coaches that feel that way but they don't have the stroke that he does at a major college and a major program like Michigan football. So
2: this, this is I'm going to give you guys my real honest opinion as a, a black man. OK, and I don't take everything to race, but as somebody who's grown up in the system, when you look at the majority of the athletes in both college football and college basketball are African-American. Right. So when that becomes the case and when you hear a guy, it's it's a common terminology utilized in business all the time, DEI, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. inclusion. You hear a lot of companies hire chief diversity officers and things of that sort to really dig into the trenches of their companies to make sure that they are diversified across all their portfolio assets. When you look into that, that is one of the main issues. I commend Harbaugh for doing this in a conference that is the highest paid conference in all college football.
0: Absolutely. The Big Ten.
2: It puts pressure on the Big Ten.
0: Well, and especially when he's, he played in that Big Ten, he's coaching in it, and he does not mind sharing his voice about things that can involve in and outside of the Big Ten. Did one team tell the world they are about to tank this season? That's next with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio.
1: This is ESPN Radio.
6: who get it done.